You're listening to Just Keep Waiting, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and inspiring you through faith-based stories, scripture, and prayer. Here are your hosts, Janet and Kita. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Just Keep Waiting. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to hang with us. The topic of today's show is giving and receiving forgiveness. As Christians, one of the core elements of our relationship with God is forgiveness. Think about this. Had God not forgave us and sent his son to die for our sins, where would we be? If Christ, in his 33 years here on earth, changed his mind at any point and decided to wait for an apology from us before becoming our sacrificial lamb, where would we be? Here's the reality. Some people will never apologize for their wrongdoings toward you. Waiting on them to apologize before forgiving them will not only cost you your mental freedom, but it will cost you your walk with Jesus. This is why we must learn to forgive even without an apology. Here's a fair warning. This episode will go against everything you were taught as a child when it comes to forgiveness. So if you're not ready to be more Christ-like and you are choosing to walk in your flesh, by all means, do not turn this off. In fact, this episode is specifically for you. So go ahead, turn the volume all the way up. For the majority of our lives, we have been programmed that when someone apologizes, you forgive them. The apology comes first, then there's forgiveness. But that is not what God commands. God commands that we forgive a person even if they don't apologize. Forgiveness doesn't excuse the offending behavior. The fact that God forgives us of sin doesn't make sinning okay. In the same regard, the fact that we forgive someone for offending us doesn't make what they did okay. Just because we forgive doesn't mean we will forget. Often, we will think of the offense and even become angry about it. But we must dispute that unforgiving way of thinking, not just by saying, what would Jesus do? But by asking, what has Jesus already done? Kita, have you ever had to forgive someone before they even asked you for forgiveness? Yes. I think the deepest hurt, and I feel like all children go through this, is childhood trauma coming from parents. I had to learn how to forgive my parents for being human. And I know that sounds crazy. Like, of course, we're all human. It's something about the way a child looks at their mom and their dad. You look at them like they're untouchable, they're unbreakable, they are perfect, they can do no wrong, and you put them on this pedestal. And then life happens and you find they disappoint you. They make mistakes. You may go through hardships. Just a whole host of things that causes you to look at your parents differently. The more human they become, the further down the pedestal drops into your eye level. And that can be damaging to us. I know for me, it was damaging to realize that these people that I esteemed as gods were human. Yeah. My parents had a life before me. They had parents of their own. They had friends of their own. They had drama and pain and upsets and letdowns and decisions that they had to make that went right, that went wrong, that were disasters that, you know, they had this whole life before they met each other and became my mom and dad. 
And so with everything in their life and from their childhood trauma and their childhood upsets and letdowns, they became a union, gave birth to me and passed on their teaching to me. And by no means am I saying that my parents were horrible. But what I'm saying is my parents were human and my parents made mistakes. I totally get that. If I think back on someone that I've had to forgive, my dad falls right in there. There's a saying that time heals all wounds, but I say it doesn't. If you can't deal with your past, your past will deal with you in the present. That was the biggest lesson I learned in 2020. Growing up, I was a daddy's girl. My daddy was the apple of my eye. He was my world. I wanted to be everywhere he was. Then when I was five, they got a divorce. My dad was a deacon. He sat in the pulpit. He was a part of a gospel group. When they got a divorce, he became this whole other person. He became a stone cold alcoholic. He literally lost his mind when my parents got a divorce and he became this very selfish person. I remember him setting our house on fire Mm. and we were homeless for a while. He tried to kill my mother. He kidnapped me and my sister. Mm. And I'll never forget that because he thought the cop was behind us and he threw his gun out of the window. For such a big part of my life, I blamed my dad for the abuse I went through at the hands of my stepfather. Mm -hmm. I had a hardened heart because of the resentment I had towards my dad. Let me tell you how bad it was in 2003. My dad died of lung cancer. Shortly before he died, my mom called me and she said, Janet, your dad's in the hospital. They don't think he's going to make it. He wants you to call him. I had so much deep hate for my dad that I asked her, why? Why does he want to talk to me now? He's had my entire life to talk to me and he's about to die. And now he wants to talk to me. I wasn't even willing to give him the benefit of apologizing or saying whatever he wanted to say because I felt like at the time he didn't deserve it. Mm. And so I never called him. Then a couple of days later, my mom said, Janet, your dad died. And my response to her was, "Okay." she might as well have told me Jim Bob down the street died. I had no emotions whatsoever. She said, do you want to go to the funeral? I said, no. What's the point? I don't know him. So I never went to my dad's funeral. To be honest, that is something I regret to this day. I regret never calling him. I regret never going to his funeral. There was so much unforgiveness and there was so much hatred and there was so much resentment that I couldn't even see past it. And so as I'm trying to develop this relationship with Christ, I could only get so far because that was hindering me. In January, when I was going through the spiritual awakening, that was one thing that I had to come face to face with because I couldn't move on with Christ unless I forgave my dad. In order for God to change and start to do his work, you have to remove all of the junk. Mm -hmm. You have to make room for him. Sometimes we overcrowd our hearts and we don't make room for God. Right. And so we may desire a relationship with him, but because our hearts are so crowded with past hurts, past letdowns, past disappointments, there's no room for God to come in and do anything. Right. We have to start processing and dealing with that stuff and clearing it out to make room for God to come in. Yeah. I have had to 
learn to forgive my dad and let go of all of the past trauma, the past hurt, the past frustrations in order to even start this journey with Christ. Which is why I think it's very important that as you start your forgiveness journey, I think it's best to look at your parents first to see if there's any unresolved resentment there, because your parents is going to be your closest earthly example that you have to your relationship to Christ. Exactly. I know, especially like when I think about my parents, they're the only relationship that I have that the love that they give me is not based on conditions, which is Christ like. Yeah. And so it's going to be hard to envision God being your father if you first have not resolved the issue with your parents. So when you do have like where my parents have disappointed me, if I don't deal with those issues, not always taking it to them. Sometimes it is good to have those conversations, but not always taking it to them, but resolving what those underlining issues are. Why did I feel disappointed with decisions my parents may have made that has affected me or may affect me in my adult life. We just finished this forgiveness series at my church. And one thing that I think it was Pastor Darius, one of the pastors said was we begin to look at our relationship with God in the same respect that we look at our relationship with people. So if we had these deep seated issues with our parents, we're going to start looking at God through that same lens. Exactly. I had a distant relationship with my earthly father. So naturally, I'm going to have a distant relationship with my heavenly father. That kind of reminds me of a sermon. And it was more, it wasn't really a sermon. It was, I think it was maybe about four different sermons that Bishop T.D. Jakes and his wife taught over called Modeled Home. And what he was saying was how your home was modeled for you. You're going to take pieces of that good, bad, ugly, and indifferent, and you're going to model those same characteristics in your household. Which makes me think about this. When we would take road trips, me, my mom, my dad, and my sister, the four of us, a lot of times when we would take our trips, we would stop and get something to eat. We would grab the food and keep going, especially when we were making trips to like Chicago or something like that. My mother, before she would start fixing her food, I would watch her. She would reach in the bag. She would get my dad's sandwich. She would take the paper and she would wrap it towards the bottom so that the food wouldn't drop on his lap. And she would get it all nice for him. And then she would hand it to him. He would eat. And then she would start to eat for herself. I unconsciously now do that for my husband. In our household growing up, my mom was a single mom to four girls. She would always make sure that she would fix the kids plate first and then she would eat. The kids always ate first and then she would fix her plate. That's what I do now. When I'm cooking, I always fix my daughter's plate first and then I eat. If we're at any kind of family function, the kids will eat first and then the adults will eat. That's always how it has been. That's how my grandmother was. That's how my mom was. And that's how I am. In that same simple generational thing that I watched my mother do, that I now do, that Janet watched her mom do, and she now does, that Janet knows that her grandmother did the same thing for her mother, is in the same way that hurts are passed down in our families. Mm. Which is why I say it's very important to see your parents Fully as humans, remove the aspect that they're your mom and they're your dad. They are human. They either still do or once had parents who had parents who had parents, which means that 
each one of those individuals experience their own set of disappointments and traumas and bad teachings that were passed down continuously until it got to you, that has shaped and molded you in the way you think and act. Until you can get to the point where you can realize that those people are just people doing the best that they can do with what they have. You will never fully be able to hold true to God, our father. Regardless if your parents never accept or they're no longer on this earth to accept the responsibility and the things that they've done, Regardless if they're able to apologize or explain, you have to get to the point where you realize they are only human. They are very limited on giving you what you need. I mean, I will never understand why my dad made the decisions that he made. I will never understand why when he divorced my mom, he divorced his children also. Mm. I will never understand that. But I had to make a conscious decision to let it go and to forgive it. Yeah. Because to not forgive it means I'm stuck in this dark place and I can't walk in light. I had to decide to stop living in the hurt and to make room for God to come in and to heal the hurt. Yeah. My pastor said, there are so many of us walking around with broken hearts. Mm. You can't go to Emory Hospital and say, I need a doctor to heal my broken heart. It was funny because he said they will probably put you in the psych ward if you did that. (laughs) But there is someone that can fix a broken heart and it's Jesus. We have to be willing to take it to Jesus. Mm -hmm. We have to be willing to say, God, whatever I need to do to let this hurt go, I will do it. And then you have to follow, actually do what he tells you to do. It's only when you get to that point where you're saying, I can't carry this anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to carry this anymore. And I'm going to take it to the one person I know that can completely remove it away from me. You have to get to that point and then chase after God with everything that you have. It's only then can you truly let those past hurts go and no longer let them define you. I know it's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. Going through that process of forgiving my father for abandoning me, it took a lot. But I I can tell you when I took it and I gave it to God and I said, I don't want this anymore. I truly need you to take this from me this time. I prayed that prayer before, like, God, I don't want this, but I didn't truly give it to him. In January of 2020, I truly gave gave it to God and I placed it at his feet. And I was like, this cannot control my life anymore. I knew it worked this time because it was like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders and it wasn't defining me anymore. And I had truly stepped into the light. I'd come out of darkness. I had let all of the gunk in my heart go. God just came in and it was like this overwhelming feeling of love. It's a love I have never felt, but I had always chased. Mm. I was constantly in this state of disappointment because there was an emptiness inside of me that I was trying to feel and nothing I did feel that space. It was only when I truly invited God in was that space filled. And the thing is, you can chase from sunup to sundown. There's nothing here on earth that can fill that void. It's It's a God thing. Until we come to that realization that, I have to let God in. I have to let God repair this brokenness. I have to let God pull me out of this darkness. We're stuck. We are stuck. 
It's like a dog chasing its tail. We're just going in circles. And there's no way to get out of this repetition until we give it to God. We're going to pass it down generation to generation to generation because we're stuck. Yeah. We've both talked about forgiving someone without an actual apology. And I know a lot of people are probably wondering, well, how do I do that? Kita, how did you forgive your parents without having a conversation with them, without them coming to you and apologizing? Like, what was the process like for you? So it literally was taking them off the pedestal. I have great parents. I have supportive parents. I have parents that will give me the shirt off their backs and walk around without any replacement and be completely satisfied that they did that for their child. But it was in the flaws of my parents that was the hardest. But now I see it as such a beautiful place because when God allows me to become a parent, that's a lesson that I can start early teaching my child. It reminds me of something that one of my classmates said on a phone call. She wanted to raise her child in a way that they didn't have trauma that they needed to heal from. And trauma doesn't necessarily mean abuse or neglect. It can simply mean that there was an area or areas of your life that there you had no fulfillment in. And I think just now I'm realizing this. I think my deepest trauma is the fact that throughout my childhood, our relationship with Christ wasn't demonstrated in my household. Both of my parents grew up in church. I have no idea the reason behind why me and my sister did not. But that void, even not knowing him, was there. And so when I look back, I'm like, I was missing something. And I I thought it was, you know, X, Y, and Z that I was missing. But to be honest, I was missing God. I have him now. And it's deeper. It's not surface. I chase after him and I desire him and I want him in every moment. And to be honest, had it not been for my childhood trauma of not having him, would I have the passion for him that I have today? He works everything out for his good. (laughs) Yes. All things work out for his good. Yes. Yes. Nothing in the body of Christ concerning his kingdom and his children are accidental or useless. No pain, no tear, no drama. Nothing is useless. Right. All for his glory. All for his glory. You talked about having to take your parents off of a pedestal. And that's a big realization. Like my parents are human. They're going to make mistakes. They're not perfect. Like that's a big, big thing to realize. For me, when it came down to forgiving my dad, I had to write him a letter. During my spiritual awakening, I went through Tyler Perry's book, Higher is Waiting. And there was one part in the book where he talked about letting go of past hurts. And he charged you at the end of the chapter to write a letter to someone that had hurt you. He said in that letter, explain to them what they did to you and how it made you feel. When you were done, tell them that you forgive them and that you understand why they made the choices they made. He said, and then bless them. That was a big thing for me to bless someone that hurt me, to bless someone I felt like 
cursed me. Mm. That was a big thing. But isn't that what Jesus commands? Mm -hmm. Bless those who curse you. Mm -hmm. I wrote my dad a letter. I could never give it to him. And that wasn't the point of it. The point was to just get it outside of me. So I wrote him a letter telling him everything I would have told him if he was standing right there in front of me. I told him that I loved him. I was sorry. I never gave him a chance to have that final conversation with me. I apologize for not going to his funeral. And then at the end of it, I told him, I hope his soul is at peace. Mm. And I pray that he is resting with God. In doing that, I was able to take a deeper step in my relationship with Christ. Yeah, I know we've said it over and over and over, but it is so important. It is almost like the first step of your journey with Christ. You have to let it go. Mm -hmm. You can't let it control you. You have to truly cast all of your worries, all of your concerns, all of your hurts at his feet and trust that he will bring you on the other side of it. And I know it's so hard sometimes because sometimes the hurt is so deeply rooted and it takes every fiber of your being just to function normally and to have to go back and revisit and deal with it. That was me. I used to just bury it down so deep because to deal with it would send me to this dark space and it would take me a long time to climb my way back out of it. I was trying to write a book just talking about my childhood and every time I would get started, I would fall into this deep depression and it would take me months to climb out of it to the point where I was like, it's just not meant for me to write a book. I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. I need to bury this back down and just use the out of sight, out of my mentality against it. Because when I bring it up, I go right back to being that kid and it's fresh hurt. It's like it just happened. It got so bad one time to where a friend of mine was like, Janet, you need to go talk to somebody. It's only by the grace of God that I was able to get through it. So I know how hard it can be to face head on those childhood traumas or those things that have deeply affected you. But it is crucial to forgive and to face those things if you want to walk with Christ. Yeah. One, by giving those worries and concerns to him is showing that you trust him. You trust that he's a healer. Yeah. You trust that he can heal your broken heart. You trust that he will never forsake you. You trust his word when he says that all things benefit his kingdom. All things work together for his good. You're trusting him in that. He says, cast your worries and your burdens on me. So the minute we decide to forgive and to do that, we're saying, God, I trust you with everything that I have. So I guess the question is, do you trust God? Do you trust him enough to allow him to guide you through that forgiveness and healing phase? And I would say, if you don't, do you want to? Do you want to trust him enough to guide you? Do you desire to even give God a chance and if you desire to just take one step, he will move at the pace that you're at. He's not going to take you at the same speed that he's taking somebody that's ready to trust or that didn't deal with the level of trauma and disappointment and hurt that you dealt with. He'll take you at the pace that you need to go. He'll show you what it is to have someone be on your side that's going to love you unconditionally, that will never leave or forsake you. He'll show you what that is. If you've never experienced parents because 
both of your parents abandoned you. He'll show you what it is to be loved by a parent, what it is to be cherished by a parent. If you've had those people that you're supposed to trust with your innocence, violate your innocence. He'll build your trust up. He'll heal those hurts. He'll show you how to forgive those people. He'll restore you. All that was taken from you, he will restore you. There are so many people that the enemy will use to block your path to God. And it was generational the way he used them. That's how special you are to God. Those people that hurt you the deepest, it didn't start when they were born. It started with their parents or their parents' parents. He started doing those things to keep you from being able to even hear this podcast, to keep you from going to church, to keep you from feeling worthy, to keep you from being able to forgive. He manipulated you to keep you from walking in purpose. Yeah. So here's what I want you to do today. Do a self-examination. Is there someone who hurt you and you are still holding on to that hurt? Right now, forgive them. Like I said before, one thing that really helped me was writing a letter. You don't have to give the letter to the person. You just have to write it. In that letter, let them know what they did to you, how they treated you, made you feel, and then tell them that you forgive them and bless them in Jesus' name. Not just as a throwaway line, but do it because that is what Jesus tells us to do. Bless those who curse you. There is something powerful in forgiving a person and releasing the stronghold they have on your life. Father God, we come to you today standing in full knowledge that we are flawed individuals born from other flawed individuals. Lord, we ask that you forgive us for the things that we've done wrong, for judging those who have wronged us. Give us a heart to have compassion, to see that those people that hurt us were hurt people themselves. Lord, and as you are teaching us how to be compassionate, Heal us through the blood of Christ Jesus so that we can be healed people to heal those hurt people. Lord, teach us how to be more like you. Teach us how to have more of a heart like yours. Teach us how to love those who did not, will not, or don't know how to show us love. Continue to mold us in your image. Heal those broken places. Believe behind a scar so we can always give the testimony of how far you've brought us. Lord, I thank you for parents because even their brokenness is a testimony on how good Jesus is. Lord, you are so amazing and we thank you. And in Jesus name, we will always praise and we will always pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, off the top of the show, we said that today's episode was about giving and receiving forgiveness. We didn't think that giving forgiveness would take up so much space. We're going to actually split this episode into two. This week, the focus is on giving forgiveness. Next week, we will talk about receiving forgiveness. They are both crucial in your walk with Christ. So head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash JKW podcast. And let's keep this conversation going. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Be blessed.